0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Old Christian Podcast. This is your host Jared Montana, or as Codus likes to call me, Money Montana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with Codus per usual. Uh, Codus, tell me a why do you say it
1: like that? Per usual.
0: Uh, I didn't mean it like that, but I'm kidding. <laughs> no, um, tell me how God has blessed you this week, dude. Tell me something that's blessed um, your
1: life. I'm just staying faithful, man, and He's just blessing me with people. Uh, he's just mm. blessing my family with stuff. He's just. He's just been blessing me with a lot of things, man. Just, That's awesome. God's just doing great things because I mean it's crazy. Like, God will sometimes say no at mm-hmm. certain times for a certain reason. Like, for like I, this is the best analogy I have for this. So, mm-hmm. say I wanted twenty bucks for a brand new video game or something. Okay, I, I don't need that video game at that moment. I don't need the. Oh, I, I guess I don't need the twenty bucks at that moment. Mm-hmm. But say later on down the road, I'm twenty bucks in debt. And then I, fu- I somehow find 20 bucks on the ground, and hmm. now I'm out of debt. Like, I don't know if that made sense at all, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes God will say no at certain times because you don't need that thing at the moment. And that's just the biggest thing I've learned the past week. Like, just stay faithful to God, and he will bless you.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, and now, now I'm going to go back to Proverbs 28 real quick. But hmm. Proverbs 28, I think it is. Let me flip to it here. So – uh, yeah, Proverbs twenty eight twenty says a faithful person will have many blessings, but the one in a hurry to get rich will not go unpunished. So I mm. I love this verse. This verse has just been with me all week and it's so relevant. So a faithful person has many blessings. We're faithful to God. We're staying close to God. He's going to bless us for that. He's going to bless mm-hmm. us for staying faithful. But yeah. the one in the hurry to get those blessings or, or in a hurry to get those riches, mm. that's not going to work out because yeah. our timing – is is not as good as god's timing god's timing is way more superior so stay and it says like god will give you what your heart desires obviously if it's in his will and everything so Mm -hmm. just stay faithful to god he knows your plan way better than you know your plan. so absolutely that's what that's just what i've been learning and being blessed with lately
0: i love that it's so cool that you're able to recognize that too because a lot of times like people be like oh i did this i did this and so Mm -hmm. because i did this i got this you know but no, yeah. it's, it's so cool, which I'm sure you you played a part in some of the blessings that you've received. But ultimately, it is from God. It is a gift from mm-hmm. God. And so I'm, it's so cool that you're able to, to recognize that. God is good, man. All I'm saying. Absolutely. So in today's uh, episode, we're going to talk about the book of Jude. We're going to go through it. We're going to dissect it. We're going to talk about it. And yes, I said the book of Jude. Uh, some of you might not have known that it's a book. It's a very short book. In fact, it's only <laughs> one chapter. And so we're going to go through it. And here's the purpose of the book of Jude. It's to remind the church of the need for constant vigilance, or in other words, to keep strong okay. in the faith and to oppose heresy. Woo,
1: woo. That's right.
0: I'm calling out the police. Uh, that sounds uh, relevant.
1: Whoop, it does whoop. sound relevant. That's the the
0: <laughs> um, it really is super relevant because uh, just as prevalent as it was then, it is prevalent today. And so we yes. are supposed to oppose heresy, but there is a proper way to do it. And let me tell you, if you don't do it the proper way, it can be disastrous. So we'll talk about that. So let's talk about the author. So the book is called Jude. Why? Because the author is Jude. And uh, who is Jude? So Jude is actually Jesus' brother. Um, he's oh. also, yeah, so he's also the brother of James. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So super cool. Um, and so the audience that it was supposed to be written to is Jewish Christians, which at at this time, majority of them were uh, Christians, were Jewish Christians, but it's fine. And so it was written in approximately 65 AD ish, somewhere around there. So let's just dive into it, Coda. So starting out right off the bat, it says, this is a letter from Jude, a slave of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ and a brother of James. So let's stop.
1: That's one thing that I absolutely love. Yes. Like that is, that is like right there. Mm-hmm. That's just powerful in itself. Because yes. like, it, oh man, you, you you take it away, but I love that.
0: Yeah, no. And, and that's what I want to point out is that he called himself a slave of Jesus Christ. Like mm-hmm. we just talked about how Jude is a, it, literally his his half brother mm-hmm. because it was Mary and Joseph's son. And of course, Jesus would be the God of fathers and Mary's sons, so technically a half-brother. But anyways, um, by Jewish law, they would be full-blood brothers. Anyways, it's fine. We're going to move on from that. But he says he's a slave of Jesus Christ. Why would he call himself a slave of Jesus Christ rather than the brother of Jesus Christ? Cotus, what do you think?
1: Because, like, for example, Jesus is my brother, but see, like, I, I guess I'm a servant to him. Like, I, that made no sense, but I don't know, I don't know yeah,
0: that's okay. So I think that there's a reason that he says a slave of Jesus Christ. like as you said, Kodis, yeah, we're definitely um, we're all we're in uh, debt. We are in debt because we uh, he did die for us, He mm-hmm. cleansed us of our sins on that cross and um, in that regard, we are a slave of uh, Jesus Christ, but I think it's important because because he is the brother of Jesus Christ, I think at this time everybody that knew that would probably value him more. Than the average individual. And so I think when he admits that he's a slave of Jesus Christ and he doesn't identify himself as a brother of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. I think he's humbling himself. I think yeah. he's I think he's getting rid of the the possibility of pride. And so I don't know about you, but if I was a brother of Jesus, I'd be I'd be gloating being like, yo, I'm Jesus' brother, everybody. I mean, kinda, yeah. Exactly. And so I and and it's really cool that he uh, decided to not do that. Of course mm-hmm. he was led by the Spirit, and so he humbled himself. And labeled himself a slave of Jesus Christ but anyways that's not even the first full verse so uh, we're gonna keep going through but he says I'm writing to all who have been called by God the Father and he goes on to say who God loves you and keeps you safe from the care of Jesus Christ so may God give you more and more mercy peace and love so interesting how we know the purpose of this this, this book is to oppose heresy um, and to keep strong in the faith so this is essentially a prayer that Judas praying for the readers of this book. He's saying that God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. And so, I want to just keep this in mind that when we are opposing heresy, we need to be showing mercy, peace, and love. Do not forget that mm-hmm. when when you oppose heresy, I'm going to repeat it twice: show mercy, peace, and love. I think it's it's, it's super easy to forget about mercy um, whenever we oppose false doctrine and stuff. So just keep that in mind. Anyways, he goes on to say, dear friends, I've been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation that we all share. That is, of course, through Jesus Christ. And by now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once and for all time to his holy people. So what are we called to do? We are called to defend the faith. And he says, I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches. That sounds so familiar today. Mm -hmm. And now if, if, when I think about it, I'm like, when I, instinctively think of church like this growing up and before I became I guess more knowledgeable of individuals and humanity but I would think that church is a place for good people but in reality that's not the case now we have heard the saying that the, the church is a hospital for the broken I love that. but there's a lot of people that have as this text says wormed their way into the church because they didn't walk through the doors they well, obviously they did but they wormed their way into it and so yeah um, which means that they aren't supposed to be there okay and now how do I know this because it says he says I say this because some ungodly people have um, uh, have wormed their way into the church. And so that's talking about your local church. So I go to a church called Crossroads. Um, that's like people worming their way into Crossroads, but ultimately it's also about the universal church and that you know the bride of Christ, everybody that's saved. And so there are people who are claiming to be Christian who aren't. They're are ungodly people that have wormed their way into our community. And so they this is what they say. They claim that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. Ooh! So, in other words, Kodis, you want to say the, the sentence if, you're, if you can think of it? Uh, Maybe. Not. I, I not think of anything at the minute. Okay. So, when people say Jesus didn't die for nothing, oh yeah, that is what this is entailing.
1: If you if you don't sin, Jesus died for nothing. Exactly. Man, Holy Spirit, better hold me back because someone's about to get Holy Spirit slapped.
0: <laughs> I love that. But that's, that's essentially what it's saying. They're, they're, they say these, these false teachers, the people that have wormed their way into the churches, they're saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. Now, if you've read the book of Romans or Cat. if you listen to our, our facts, if you listen to our, our Romans podcast, then you know that we cannot abuse God's grace. That if we're truly saved, we will um, become slaves of Christ, as Jude uh, talks about, and we will die to the flesh, and we will yes. be guided by the Spirit. We, um, and so anyways, just go listen to the Roman's uh, podcast. But good podcast. It is very good podcast. Um, it's our podcast. It's just different episodes, so y'all go check it out. Um, and so they go on to say that the condemna- or sorry, Jude goes on to say that the condemnation of such people – remember, these, these people that have wormed their way into the churches. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ – so ultimately, these people they are claiming to be Christian, these people that have wormed their way into the churches, they're teaching that uh, we can abuse God's grace. And ultimately, because of that, they have denied Jesus Christ. And so I want to, he goes on to say, I want to remind you, though, that you already know these things. That Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but he later destroyed those who did not remain faithful. So what do we do? We need to remain faithful. And he goes on to say in verse 6, and I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority that God gave them. uh, but left the place where they belong. So let's talk about that for a second. So we know that spiritual warfare is real. Codis you and I, we talk about it all the time. I'm talking fast because there's a lot of good information here. This is a super meaty topic, by the way, this super meaty book. Um, And so we know that spiritual warfare is real. We know that uh, there's a, uh, the Bible says that Satan is the lowercase g god of this earth. And so he roams this earth, as we see in Jude, he goes back and forth. And so, Um, You cannot deny that spiritual warfare is prevalent and that they are Mm -hmm. these demons, fallen angels, Satan. They are roaming the earth and trying to steal, kill, and destroy us, right, Uh, to take us from God because ultimately God wants us to be in heaven. And so Satan is trying to keep as many people as possible from getting into heaven to enjoy paradise with the Father because he is a sore loser and he will not live. Daddy issues. Facts. He's trying to take as many people from God that he can. And so I want to point this back out. Need I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority that God gave them, but left the place where they belong. So God has kept them securely chained chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. So if spiritual warfare is real and there are angels or uh, demons walking amongst us, then it says here that some of them are securely chained in prisons right now. So how is that possible? Well, and this is uh, what I'm about to say is biblical theory based off biblical principles. So stick with me. So in Genesis chapter 6, it talks about the Nephilim. And so when you go read mm-hmm. Genesis chapter uh, 6, verses 4 through 8, it talks about how these, uh, the sons of God, who are believed to be fallen angels, um, this is the, the biblical theory that I hold and, and many theologians do as well. But um, these fallen angels came down, they uh, had intercourse with human women, and then they had the offspring of that. They were called Nephilim or Nephilites. And so um, these angels that uh, ultimately that led to the flood. It was basically the, the, the pre-context before the flood just six. And so ultimately, um, well, this is what I believe, again, biblical theory based off biblical principle, because we know that some angels are roaming free on earth. Um, and we know that these, as Jude chapter, uh, or cha- well, the one chapter, verse six states that some are locked in prisons. I think that God locked the ones that had intercourse with women away in chains because um they were so wicked and he didn't want them to roam the earth after the flood and continue to repopulate the earth with these Nephilim, these nephilites. Hmm. Um, and the reason why I think that is because I think we've talked about it before in a podcast, but this is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to talk in detail about it because that's not the point of this topic. Um, this, this episode, but, um, the reason that these fallen angels would have sex with, with women is to the human women is to infiltrate the bloodline. And so they were trying to, uh, allow, uh, an angelic DNA, fallen angel DNA, mixed with human DNA to be in the DNA of Jesus Christ, and so they were trying to before Jesus because they, they they knew that Jesus Christ was uh, was real. They knew that he was part of the Trinity. They were they yeah. existed in heaven. They and of course Jesus existed before his his physical appearance on Earth. Um, and so I think because they knew Jesus Christ, they knew what God the Father's plan was through Jesus Christ, and so they wanted to try to free themselves by allowing the blood. Uh, to be in their, their angelic blood to be in Jesus. If that doesn't make any sense, feel free to DM me on Instagram, Yolk Christian podcast, and I'll be happy to explain it much, mm-hmm. much more in depth. Um, but for now, we're going to keep moving on because that's not the topic of this episode. Um, and so and he goes on to say, uh, God has kept them securely chained in the prisons, of darkness, waiting for, um, waiting for the great day of judgment. And so don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind mm-hmm. of sexual perversion, so just a throwback to Solomon, Gomorrah, um, Job had housed a couple of angels. And so the people of the town saw that they went to Job's house and they said, hey, we want to have sex with those uh, angels that were appearing as men. And so they said, bring them on outside so we can have sex with them. These were the men of the city. And so um, not only does that entail homosexuality, but it includes many other counts of sexual immorality. And so God, of course, as a result of their uh, incredible amount, incredible not being good in this situation. Amount of sexual immorality, he decided to rain fire down on the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and so he says, and don't forget about those cities, um, because those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. So essentially, this is also a reminder to not live sexual, uh, sexually immoral lives, because God will be just. God is a just God. He is going to judge properly, and so mm-hmm. if we choose to follow our flesh and we choose to be sexual, uh, sexually immoral. He will smite us just like he he did with Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, they were destroyed by fire, and so as a result of our belief, um, as a result of our sexual immorality, if we if we aren't cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we will have be uh, be destroyed by eternal fire. And destroyed, not you know, you won't just cease to exist. You'll have to suffer the consequence of your belief. Yeah. But. In verse 8, it says, in the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams. Okay, so now this is, again, referencing the people who have wormed their way into the church. This is still referencing the false teachers. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives. So how many, uh, Kodis, I don't know about you, but I see on TikTok all the time, people who are like, I had this dream and God or Jesus appeared to me and he showed me yeah, this and this and yeah. this. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So. These people, false teachers, people that worm their way in the church, they claim authority from their dreams. They live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. So these are three ways that we can identify a false teacher. Well, I guess really four. If they're claiming to, to have had a revelation from their dreams, that's one. Two, uh, this, is, this is more of a identifying fruit because uh, we know Matthew Matthew 7, it says, you know, a good tree bites good fruit and a bad tree bites bad fruit. This is examples of fruit is if they live immoral lives, that's a bad fruit. If they defy authority, that's a bad fruit. And if they scoff at supernatural beings, that's another bad fruit. There have been many a times where I'm talking about uh, spiritual warfare and I'll talk about demons and angels and, and people will think I'm crazy and they'll scoff at what I'm saying because they're scoffing at supernatural beings. So that would be an example of a bad fruit. And if they are claiming to be of God and they deny that, I would be hesitant to listen to what they have to say. But mm-hmm. verse 9, it says, but even Michael, one of the mightiest of angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. So why does, the, why does Jude say that right after this? He says that because when we look at those four things, the, if they claim authority from their dreams, live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings, these are bad fruits. But even though we see that, does not mean that we should uh, slander them. Why? Mm-hmm. Because Michael, who is an archangel, which is God's mightiest of angels, he did not dare accuse the devil. This is the devil. He did not dare accuse yeah. the devil of blasphemy, of slander. And so we need to be careful because the when uh, the, if we break the ninth commandment, which is uh, bearing false witness, which is slandering, right? Lying about somebody else. If we do that, the results of that are astronomical. Um, I, if I, I could be wrong with this statement, but I'm pretty sure that slander is an abomination to the Lord, one of the, like, the seven or so. Yeah. Um, and so... We need not to slander. And so, again, I need to reemphasize that even Michael didn't blaspheme, uh, didn't accuse the devil of blasphemy. Michael is a beast. Yeah, he is. Um, and so he says, the Lord rebuke you. So, And likewise, when we encounter a false prophet, unless we are absolutely certain beyond a shadow of a doubt they've got more than <sighs> four fruits, uh, bad fruits, then um, we need to— um, just say the Lord rebuke you kind of thing, not even necessarily call them out. So all these people that you see that are calling out, say, Stephen Verdick or Joel Osteen or all these other people. Right. And um, I'm, I'm listing names here because I think it is wrong of us to um, call somebody a false teacher or a false prophet. Based off of only just a a couple of clips, even a few clips, a few mistakes. Yeah, um, Because I think that that's something serious that we need to to be careful with our words over. And so I think there's a lot of people that um, don't recognize how important it is or how serious it is to label somebody correctly and how serious it is if we don't label somebody correctly. So anyways – I could talk about that for another 30 minutes, but he goes on to say uh, Jude in verse 10. He says, but these people scoff at things they do not understand. This is again, referring to the people that are, have wormed their way into the church. This is again, the people that are false prophets. They do not, or sorry, these people scoff at things they do not understand. I think of uh, people that scoff at theological debates because they can't understand. I think of people that scoff at the name of Jesus Christ. I think of people that scoff at the Trinity. I think of people that scoff at um, many other theological truths such as uh, salvation, um, and uh, many things along those lines. They scoff at things they do not understand. Like mm-hmm. unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. So like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them. CODIS, we see this every single day. Yeah. Not not only with just false teachers and false prophets, but we see it with everybody. We see it in the homosexual community. We see it, of course, the LGBTQ+. We see it um, in people that uh, act selfishly, that are prideful. We Like unthinking animals, uh, what's an animal do? Well, they react on instinct, right? but they do what benefits them the most. And so that's what an animal does. That's just that's instinct. And so like that, they do whatever their instincts tell them. And so they do whatever is best for them. And ultimately, because of that, they bring about their own destruction. In verse 11, it says, what sorrow awaits them for they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. And like Balaam, they deceive people for money. Again, this is people doing what is best in their own interest, not for others. As Christians were called to live a sacrificial life, to to give not only to Christ and to glorify God and all that we do, but we're also called to give the jacket off our back if they ask for a shirt. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And yeah. so these people, they deceive people for money. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money. And remember how I said in context, this is referring to people that have wormed their way into the church, people that claim to be Christian but aren't. They deceive people for money. I instantly think of the Catholic Church in the 14-1500s when they mm-hmm. were selling indulgences. They, yeah. were de- they were deceiving people for money. That's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, that's what led to uh, the Reformation and stuff like that with Martin Luther. But that's a history lesson, not a Jude lesson. So we're going to move on. So, and like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. Then in verse 12, it goes on to say, when these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. Ooh they are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. Again, going back to the animal instincts, because when you're acting on the animalistic instincts, you only care about yourself. So these people are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. So in other words, they don't benefit the community around them. And they are like trees in autumn that are doubly dead. Why are they doubly dead? That's a very interesting. Addiction uh, that this, the author Jude uses, he says, for they bear no fruit, Again, referring back to the uh, if a good tree, it'll have good fruit. If it's a bad tree, it'll have bad fruit. So they're doubly dead one because they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. So Mm -hmm. not only does this tree bear no fruit, it's been pulled up by the roots. Yeah. So here's the thing: when we talk about trees, uh, when we did the Matthew series, we talked a lot about it. But there's we I've I've mentioned a good good fruit, bad fruit. But there's also another option with a tree, and then when it's it's a tree, but it has no fruit. And I forget what chapter it's in, but Jesus was hungry. He goes over to this fig tree, and it had no fruit on it. And so what did he do? He cursed the tree, and it withered away yeah. instantly. <laughs> and so, right? But so even if you're a tree, so even if you're in the church, like these people have wormed their way in the church, even if you're in the church and you have no fruit, mm-hmm. then you will wither away. And so we need to have good fruit because it says for these, these people that have wormed their way in the church, for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. So ultimately they have nothing to, to keep them uh, from swaying because like in the wind, like they'll just roll or whatever because they have no yeah. roots and they bear no fruit. And so anyways, I think that's interesting. But then it goes on to say they are like wild waves of the sea churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They are like wandering stars doomed forever to blackest darkness. Crazy. So we're, yeah. we're, we're wrapping up towards the end of the book of Jude. We're at verse 14 here. It says Enoch who lived in the seventh generation after Adam prophesied about these people. So actually, this, this next couple of verses is referencing the book of Enoch. Um, this is not, again, going to be a topic about the book of Enoch. However, if you want to go read it, uh, I pray that you pray for discernment and you do your research before you read it. I personally don't want to read it, um, but many people say that it's good. But anyways, do your own studies on it. So, But this is quoting the book of Enoch, and it says, He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things that they have done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Notice how it says that uh, God will convict every person, skip a few words, for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So God doesn't like it when people speak badly against him. Likewise, Mm -hmm. he doesn't like it when we speak badly against others. So we need to be careful when we're calling out these false teachers, these false prophets, these, these people that have that claim to be Christian that aren't, these people that have wormed their way into the churches, because ultimately um, we need to be careful because we don't want to be slanderous. I said that before, but it just reiterates the point here, and it goes on to say, these people are grumblers and complainers. This is many a people these days. Living only to satisfy their desires. Again, this goes back to the animalistic instincts that we talked about in verse, uh, verse 10. Okay, and so Mm-hmm. Living only to satisfy their desires. They brag loudly about themselves, Codus. We talked about this in many podcasts before, how prideful people are. Yeah. Um, and then they flatter others to get what they want. Again, referring back to those animal instincts because they're only doing things to benefit themselves. And so how do we identify a false teacher, a false prophet, somebody that's wormed their way in the church? We look at their actions. We judge the the, the tree by its fruits. And then – uh, some, some more fruits. I told you before that some examples of fruits is if they claim authority from their dreams, if they live immoral lives, if they defy authority mm-hmm. and if they scoff at supernatural beings. But now gives more, us um, more possibilities. So that's four that we, I just listed. Here's five. Ready? Grumblers, if they're a grumbler and complainer. Uh, six, if they okay. live only to satisfy their desires. And seven, if they brag loudly about themselves and flatter others to get what they want. So, mm-hmm. technically, that's eight right there. So, they brag loudly as seven, and they flatter others to do what they want as eight. So, Jude lists eight things as of current, uh, at this point in the, in the text, to help us identify a false teacher. Then he goes on in verse 17 to say, But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose and life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. So, again, you see uh, a lot of that. Ex- exactly. Exactly. It's everywhere, dude. And yeah. so. Um,
1: TikTok is a big.
0: Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah like the the amount of misinformation about the bible that spreads in yeah, TikTok is it's, it's sad. insane. It, like it, it it really imagine
1: how people are being misled.
0: Yeah for real. And it's it's the ones that uh, that are misleading that go the most viral I feel yeah. like. It's yeah. Re- it's really sad. It's
1: never like the no. other ones,
0: right? Very rarely. Um and so this is just, if we, to remember how I said there's eight different points so that we can think of or that mm-hmm. we can remember to identify these people, these these people that wormed their way in the church? Well, yeah. Jude summarizes it here in this one sentence in verse 18. He says, there will be scoffers, so they're going to scoff, whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. So they're going to be focused on themselves. That's how we can really justify uh, calling somebody a false teacher. Mm-hmm. So these people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. That's another thing that he says. Um, so that's nine. That's ten things that he's listed. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. So that's just good proof to goes to show the original statement about these people that they are people that claim to be Christian that aren't. They have wormed their way into the church. Um, they claim to be Christian, but they don't have God's spirit in them. Mm-hmm. And then verse twenty, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. So in other words, when we're in the church, this is this is why it's important. Okay. So when we're in the context of church, we must build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and await the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. So I say all that to say this. Because even Michael did not accuse the devil of blasphemy, likewise, we need not dare accuse uh, individuals in the church unless we are without a shadow of a doubt certain that they are incorrect in their teaching. If they are if they are living to satisfy themselves rather than satisfy God, because we are all called to glorify God in all that we do, um, and so
1: mm-hmm.
0: just like nine times out of ten, if you're thinking you want to call somebody out on them being a false teacher, uh, and I, I'm speaking, I'm stepping on my own toes here because I've done it many times before, but nine times out of ten, we need to bite our tongue is what we yeah. is, is what it's saying, um, and so I do that a lot at school, <laughs> right? I bet you do. Yeah. And especially because you don't go to like a Christian school or that 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 means no,
1: it's definitely not.
0: Yeah. So, and even if, even if you did go to a Christian school, like that doesn't necessarily help anything. Like I went to a Christian school and Luke went to a Christian school and we, we had similar experiences, but, um, not near to the extent that you have, like you've gone through like a a bunch of crap with your school because of your faith. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of a cool story, honestly. It
1: is. It's going to be cool to tell my kids one day.
0: Exactly. Um, and people say we don't face persecution. Anyways, uh, <laughs> persecution is relative. So in verse 22, it says, And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. So again, in the context of church, this is who it's speaking of. And you, dear friends, must build each other up in holy faith. Um, you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. So how do we know it's talking to people that are in the context of church? Because if their faith is wavering, that means they have to have faith in the first place. And so... It says, rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy. This is, if you've ever heard the saying, uh, love the sinner, or hate the sin, this, yeah. is where we, this is where we get it from. Uh, verse 23, it says, show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Now, I want to sit on this for a second. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. So, show mercy to still others. So, we need to show mercy to all individuals that claim to be in and of the church. Show mercy to them. But, it says, do so with great caution. Hating the sins that contaminate their lives. So the reason it says to do so with great caution is because, Codis, we've seen the effects of this is, is how people react when we say love the sin or hate the sin. Because ultimately mm-hmm. the, the people that hear that, they think, okay, well, how can you hate a part of me but claim to love me? That makes no sense, Yeah, which is, which is a logical thing to think if you're uh, if you hear that, right? And so that's why he says do so with great caution because we need to show mercy to still others. So in other words, we need to show mercy to calm others. So hate the sins that contaminate their lives, but Mm -hmm. show mercy to them and be very cautious with how you go about doing that. So how do you show caution? You choose your words wisely and you act wisely. You do certain things uh, for a specific reason. Um, So just be careful with your actions. Be careful with your words. That's how you do. That's how you exercise caution in those situations. Now, this is the the final couple of verses. He says, now all glory be to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. Thank the Lord that Jesus died and took the punishment of our sins on the yeah, For real. Verse 25 says, All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, that goes on to explain what I just said. So all glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. So ultimately what this is capping off with is saying that God is all-knowing. It's, that's what it is. And, and it will be whatever God wants it to be. So even though we deem something as bad as like a false teaching, God will hold them accountable. God will. Um, he knows what they're going to say. and He knows how he's going to uh, judge them on Judgment Day. And he knows the, their, the condition of their heart. It, here's the, re, uh, the reality of it. When we look at somebody who's teaching uh, mis- uh, misinformation, we don't know the heart. That we they might genuinely think that they are teaching what the Bible teaches, but in reality, God knows their heart. Now, if they are following the desires of their own heart, God knows that, and then God will. Uh, that's and at that point, they would be a false teacher, a false prophet. They'd be somebody that has wormed their way into the church, and God is the one who's going to hold them accountable. It's not really our job to do that. Um, it's not our job to condemn. No, our job is, as verse twenty three says, to show mercy to still others to show mercy and hate their sins that contaminate their lives. It is going to be God who holds people accountable. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. When we show mercy to still others, that and like, true love does rejoice when truth wins out. So we are in the right, if, if, uh, if we're close to the individual, um, we are in the right to correct them but not condemn them. You can correct, but you mm-hmm. cannot condemn. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times when people try to correct, they say it in a condemning manner, and so it is, that's when it's done wrongfully. Um, and so stepping on my own toes because I have tried to correct people, and I've d- definitely done it in a condemning manner. And so um, anyways, so I'm just speaking out of personal experience and things that I've learned what not to do. So be wise and learn from my mistakes <laughs> listening to this. Um, and show mercy. That's what we're called to do. We're supposed to show the mercy that God has shown us. We're supposed to show the forgiveness that God has shown us and show the love that God has shown us. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, I say all that to say this. Thank Jesus. That's what it comes down to. Yes. Thank Jesus that we are saved. That That's um, good. All the time. And, I, dude, I'm, like, so grateful that Jesus um, has cleansed me of my sins to the degree where I'm not going to be – judged the way that I judge others. Well, granted, yeah. I know the Bible does say that you will you'll be judged the way that you judge Matthew others. Six. Exactly, and but because I am saved, I will not face the condemnation that I deserve. Because I'm of Jesus
1: so Christ. happy, I, man. Because Jesus had he had every chance to like get out of that, and <laughs> like I love how he said, "Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass for me. But mm. if, if it is like if it, if it is in your will." Like don't let it and like, it's just so crazy to me. Like,
0: I don't yeah. know. I love yeah. God, absolutely. I'm glad you say that. I'm glad you say I love God all the time. It's nice.
1: Yeah, I I, I say it quite a bit. Yeah,
0: well, it's it's good to love God.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know.
0: But and honestly, like maybe this is just the uh, um, the lack of empathy in me. But I don't understand how somebody cannot love God. Because now I understand if you don't believe Jesus is real, I guess I can understand why you don't love God at that point. But like, if you believe that Jesus died, because there's like, we look at James chapter two and it says, even the demons believe. Right. And so um, just because you believe in the the historical facts of Jesus's death and resurrection, um, that doesn't mean that you're saved. And so if you believe that that's true, based even off of history or whatever, and you still don't love God, then I don't understand that because Mm. like this man, literally I say this man, that's, that's, I, I've been convicted about that because I feel like that doesn't hold enough reverence yeah. to God Almighty. But then which again, I don't, how do you like yeah. how
1: do you explain something so amazing?
0: Yeah so, <clears throat> this man, this God, this God Almighty the most high King the most high King, he died for each and every one of us and if if you know that he died for you, then how can you not love a man that died for you? Mm-hmm. A, a God that died for you you know it's, just, it's uh I guess it's the condition of the human heart and how Based off of what this this book says, it's the animal instincts, only caring for yourself. Um, yeah. So there's the an answer to that question. So if you ever want to learn about false teachers, <laughs> false prophets, if you don't remember this podcast episode, go read the book of Jude again. Um, very, dude, like, <laughs> Yeah, if
1: you listen to this and you don't remember a single thing, go read the book
0: of Jude. Exactly. Just go read it. <laughs> um, we Well, I, I just read the – I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but I just read the entire chapter, and we, yeah. dove, we dove deep into each every verse. That so, was only – Thirty minutes worth. Yeah. So, um, not only have you heard or read the Book of Jude, you've also studied the Book of Jude now. So, yeah. congratulations. Um, so, but Codus, um, what are your thoughts? I kind of I, I wanted to speak fast because I didn't want it to be an hour long episode. It's,
1: it's just... a good book. It's a it's a very relevant book. I would say mm-hmm. it's nowadays very relevant.
0: For sure. Yeah, I think because of its relevancy, that's why it's my favorite book. Yeah. Well. That's awesome. Outside of the Gospels. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know I can't uh, say. Uh, that. Outside
1: of, you know. Yeah, outside his of life.
0: Exactly. Yeah, which John is a good book too, but that's yeah. still Jesus' life. So, anyways. What's your um, favorite gospel, by the way? You know, there's a reason that we did Matthew. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I'd agree there. It was yeah. just the first gospel I went to, and it's just not the same as the other
0: ones. Yeah, and and honestly, like, I did the same thing. So, like, I read Matthew, um, which mm-hmm. was years ago. I read Matthew, and I was like, okay, well, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're all the synoptic Gospels. So they all tell the exact same stories. And so mm-hmm. it's like, well, I don't need to read Luke and Mark because I just read Matthew. It's the same things, which wasn't wrong, but it's not right also. And and uh, so I've always just had, like, you, a preference for Matthew. But I will say that I think John is better for somebody that's never read the gospel. Yeah, it is so um i'd agree with you but anyways yeah so with outside of those said. right with that being said um but yeah so outside of the gospels Judas definitely my favorite i do like hebrews i really like james mm-hmm. um obviously i really like romans i do i love ephesians i love galatians like i could just anyways, you're a wisdom guy i am a wisdom guy and so paul was was very wise um Notice how all of my favorite books, except for Jude, were written by Paul. Oh,
1: yeah. Gr- well, practically the whole Bible was written by well, Paul.
0: Well, yeah, the, the whole New Testament. There's 27 books in the New Testament. Oh, and man must have hurt. Right, you know this man in his free time was just like constantly writing. <laughs> Which I say that, but like at the end of Romans, Tertius, I think his name was, was the guy that wrote for him, wrote for Paul. Oh, so, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. So he had a scribe right for him, but even then, like, you know, like this man is just talking, he's got a scribe writing down what he's saying. Like, yeah. Like dude, one, one sec. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so anyways, yeah. So if you've listened to this podcast and you recognize that maybe you have wrongfully called out false teachers then um, and you, I, I highly encourage that you pray to God that you confess your sins. Likewise that I I'm confessing. Um, now, so here's the cool thing about confessing, though. Like, we need to confess to God, but we also need to confess to others. Um, and so by confessing my mistakes, uh, on calling out people wrongfully, um, I'm confessing my sins to all the people that listen. So there you go. Um, what I mean, here's the thing though. Like, if you ever listen to somebody to say a pastor or something and they don't ever tell you their mistakes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna say that's a red flag.
1: Yeah, personally. my pastor admits He's like, Yo, I messed up, guys. It was my fault. Yeah. yeah, I like I love that, Adam.
0: Because in in Romans chapter three, it says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? Mm-hmm. Or is that six?
1: That's Romans five eight. It's my senior quote.
0: No, that's yet while we're so sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans uh, five. What did you say? Uh, yet while no, what did I say? I said uh, uh, all, all fall short of the glory of God. I don't know if that's what I said, but that's what i meant to say.
1: Oh, that's a uh, that's a uh, Romans four. Um,
0: is it three twenty three or six? Anyways. It's um, in Romans. It's, it's either Romans 3, 4, 5, or 6. It's, I quote it so often, like, on any other day. I think, I I think it's 3,
1: 6. It's 3, 6.
0: I think it is. Um. So anyways, all fall short of the glory of God. And so because of that, I think pastors, if they don't tell you where they're messing up, then yeah. I think they're a little too prideful. And and if there's a pastor, if there's a leader who is prideful, big old red flag. So yeah. anyways, that's just me speaking from church experience. Not not necessarily, I'm not saying that I've ex- encountered a pastor that... Has, uh, Here has we been. go, your
1: church... I'm kidding.
0: No, no, no. Because uh, those actually,
1: videos are like, the church did this to me, and this is why I yeah. don't believe. And yeah. I see a lot of those.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh dude, it's I sad. got a story. Let me finish my thought, and I'll tell you this story. So right. I, I just want to clarify. I actually have not had a pastor that has been prideful in, in the sense where that's a red flag. So if anybody from any of my... all of the churches I've been to, here's this. I'm not talking about those prom- pastors, I promise. Um, I've actually... I've had very humble pastors my whole life, so it's been good. But anyways... um. So, my wife, she was in class the other day, and like the topic of sexual assault came up. Not one, but two individuals say that they were sexually assaulted by members of the church, and that were kidding me in leadership communities in the church. What, yeah, and so of course, Jenna, um, you know, was upset for them, obviously, but it's like so frustrating because people that are claiming to be of God do this stuff, and obviously, we all sin, but like at the same token, like. For whatever reason, in our minds, some sins are worse than others. <clears throat> and so in our minds, obviously, that's an awful sin to commit. And I don't know. I, I definitely feel like you should have – if you're a, lead, a pastor or like a position of leadership in a church, you should definitely have enough control over your body. And yeah. Flesh. Um, and, but it happens, sadly. Um and I, I, I wish it did. It is terrible. And it's it's very frustrating.
1: I'm really um, – I, I guess I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm.
0: I know it's. I know it's been very popular in the Catholic Church. Um, oh, sorry. Well, people yeah. have. It's been popular for people to call out the Catholic Church because of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's uh, Satan. Yep. Doing what he does is that's what it is, and ultimately, here's the thing: Satan is succeeding in the fact that it the, those people's actions are leading people away from yeah. God's truth. Um. So the other day, um, I was doing the uh, Kahoot. For, it was last yeah. Saturday for our Bible study on Discord. So, by the way, if, uh, if you aren't in the Discord, go to our social medias at Christian Podcast and click the link in the bio. But I was on TikTok doing the cahoots. The, the um, mm-hmm. Or no, sorry, it was a giveaway, not the cahoots. So, same thing. Anyways, um, this girl said on the TikTok Live, it was something along the lines of, uh, I can't stand Christians. And so, I was talking to her. I was like, well, why don't you like Christians? She said, because of Bethel. And I, I said, uh, well, what about Bethel? No, sorry, not not Bethel, Liberty, Liberty University. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what about Liberty? Like, why, why does that impact you? And, um, she said, have you not heard about the sexual assault cases at Liberty? And uh, this is, so Liberty University is a, a Baptist yeah. college. I think it's in Tennessee. Um, and so I was like, oh, wait, no, I have heard about that. Anyways, this girl was one of the girls that Are went to Liberty that was sexually what? assaulted. And so she was in my live on TikTok. And, uh, and so I ended up asking her if I could pray for her, but she said yes. And she she because my wife was sitting next to me, so Jenna was talking to 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 this girl. And uh, ultimately, we invited her to the Discord. I don't think she joined. She said she'd check it out though. Um, and she, thankfully, she said by the end of it, she was like, "Thank you both for actually, you know, being people that I would want to identify myself with if I were a Christian anymore." And uh, she she was like, "Y'all are so nice. Thank you for, for being understanding and showing love and all that fun stuff." I really wish that she joined the Discord. Um, which is it's dude
1: like okay. the the thing I'm taking away from this right here is that like this this breaks my heart like mm-hmm. people are losing their faith because of this yeah yeah like yeah like I am so heartbroken now because yeah. of that like that just breaks my heart right now and
0: and I can't I can't say I blame them if it happened yeah? to me like if, if imagine if that happened to my wife I'd like imagine if I was at a church and the the leader or the pastor sexually assaulted my wife oh I would be pissed.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: not only at the the individual, but just at the the faith, at God too. You know, like I can understand being mad at God. I can, I I genuinely can understand that, but that doesn't mean that it's right. Um, But in the end, here's the thing is it goes back to what Judah's talking about, or sorry, Hebrews, what we talked about in just the previous uh, episode that we recorded is that it's all about how you end the race end the race in faith. Now, here's the thing is like, God knows that there's going to be ups and downs. God knows that there's going to be peaks and valleys and so ultimately what our faith hinges on is how we end the race in faith. And so God wants you to ask questions. There are, There is going to be times, like you look at Job, and Job was very evidently mad at God at some situations, or rather he was showing uh, grief and mourning. He had every right to be mad at God, and he was mad at God, but yet he did not stop praising Him. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of your, your anger, do not stop praising God. In yeah. fact, here, here's the thing is, I genuinely believe that even in grief, you can continue to praise God.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think that if you acknowledge the joy um, in the midst of your grief, because I think God will bless us with opportunities of happiness in the midst of grief Mm -hmm. um, and with anger as Job encountered. And so I think that when we think of God in those moments of grief, instead of focusing on ourselves, this is just my own personal beliefs. I believe that if we think to thank God in the midst of our grief, I think that's what we're looking for, a, very important way to praise God. Yeah. So anyways, but going back, cause I, I'm just kind of rambling at this point. Um Codis, you're absolutely right. It's very disheartening that people are leaving the faith because of this. So, um, well, what are what, uh, any last thoughts before we wrap it up?
1: No, I, nothing like that.
0: Okay. I, I think I tried to wrap it up like 20 minutes ago. and Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, you know, it, it happens. So anyways, if, uh, if you listen to this podcast and you've, uh, you've, I don't know, maybe you've recognized that you are mad at God for the wrong reasons and you want to come back to him. Or maybe you've realized that you've wrongfully accused people and you need to ask uh, God for, uh, to be forgiven. And you need to forgive the people that have wronged you. Um, anyways, if you want to come to Christ, Codis has a prayer for you. Dear Lord Jesus,
1: thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me and come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now, please help me to live the rest of this life for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, with all that being said, I love you. Codus. loves you. Uh, Luke Bauer loves you, who's going to be in the Ecclesiastes chapter. But we love you. Godspeed.